Fox News alert millions of American families. Yeah, Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest. Here at St. John's Facebility Mark, there are certainly a lot of hazards here at the LAPD. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. Watch. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest in the coronavirus pandemic. Number of cases here in the U.S. Welcome to Rise to Liberty Podcast, the best podcast you've never heard of, fighting for free speech and spreading the message of liberty. Find us at risetoliberty.com for everything related to the show, including our merch, social media, episode player, and much more. risetoliberty.com slash blue dress for a special piece of merchandise that a portion of the proceeds will be donated to savethechildren.org to help fight child trafficking. Thomas Queter is rolling for New York State Senate. The people of District 52 have been used and abused by a bloated and corrupt government. Thomas has been fighting his whole life and is now taking the fight to the ones responsible. Give the people of District 52 a fighting chance and head over to tomfor52.com and leave a donation. Greasy Porcupine's Mobile Auto Repair. Helping the people of Arizona to maintain or repair their vehicles for a reasonable price. Little money, no money. Greasy Porcupines still wants to help. Open Monday through Saturday, 24 hours a day. Just visit greasyporcupines.org or call 602-845-0105. Now, today on the show, got a really uh, interesting guest that uh, met on Clubhouse. It was uh, a really interesting conversation that uh, led our... Uh, paths to cross everybody welcome bishop how are you doing doing well it's good to be here jake yeah thank you for coming on it was uh you know didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare but you know got to do what you got to do so yeah stay flexible yeah exactly so do you believe in santa let's just get right (laughs) down to it of course i do of course i do i mean Anyone who's watched movies, seen films, gone outside during the holidays knows that Santa exists. You see him on uh, every corner of every street. Yet sometimes you still get these people that swear he doesn't exist. So it's yeah. uh, it's strange, you know. It's strange what a lack of faith Americans have sometimes, and something that they that we all know is is real. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, you know. I, he's revealed himself to me. Uh, I I haven't seen him as much as some other people, but you know, it, I still believe in him. Yeah, he's revealed to himself to me multiple times. Uh, one of his common misnomers is that Santa is actually a, a white man with blue eyes. Uh, you know, Santa appears to you in whatever form you can uh, understand or you most want. Generally, he appears to you in the same ethnicity you are. When I saw Santa, he had the gorgeous olive skin and the most beautiful green eyes, uh, just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, uh, especially the people who actually come forward and say that they don't believe in Santa and the, their reasoning why. Uh, so, yeah. so just a little, uh, backstory for everyone listening. Um, this was the, uh, clubhouse room topic was, uh, is Santa real or not? And, uh, that's really what led the discussion. And it, it was a really great discussion, uh, kind of broke up the monotony of the, uh, social spheres of clubhouse. So, it was really great. Honestly. Are your uh, listeners aware of Clubhouse? Uh, Clubhouse literate? Yeah, some of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we ran a we ran a room on Clubhouse. Uh, the what the impetus for this was uh, a few days ago, probably a week ago or so. Uh, someone had brought up the critique that why don't atheists ever debate the existence of Santa? They only want to debate the existence of God. And I thought, what a brilliant observation. So we started a room for uh, debate the existence of Santa. I think it was, is Santa real? Come debate now. And the idea was that we'd once and for all get to the bottom of this issue. 
And without rehearsing or anything, all the uh, atheist agnostics kind of took the position that, of course, sin is real. I mean, we have so much evidence for him. How could he not be real? And then our, our theistic friends in the room took the position that they didn't believe in Santa either because uh, Santa had not uh, revealed himself to them or there wasn't enough evidence to believe or that they'd been hurt by Santa in the past and now were unable to believe in him. Uh, something to that that effect. So it was a uh, it was an interesting debate. It went for like almost three hours, like two and a half hours. We had uh, I know over 100 people on the in the room, but at one point on stage we had uh, like over 20, maybe 25 people on the stage, which is way too many. But uh, it was a good <laughs> conversation, and I thought it was interesting to see how people kind of pod the role of a of a a presuppositionist, a, a Santa presuppositionist, and it was a uh, yeah. It was fascinating. And I got a lot of f- positive feedback. People liked it. We finally had a debate room that didn't get all bloody and emotional and violent. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For for anyone who doesn't know, Clubhouse, uh, it, it, it's interesting. It kind of goes in waves. Um, definitely uh, discussions of what's popular, what's in the news, big events, all these things. And, uh, of course, recently it's all been nothing but COVID, Rittenhouse, and uh, NFTs you know, <laughs> cryptocurrency yeah. as, as always. Um, so it, it was really nice just to have a, a, a semi-serious conversation that, you know, started out silly and semi-serious <laughs> with a semi-serious okay. conversation of Santa existed. <laughs> well, I mean, look at how it turned out though. Like people were starting to take the conversation in a direction that, like if the rules weren't to keep uh, religion or politics out of there, it was pretty much the same discussion. Yeah, I thought what was fascinating for me was listening to the things the theists thought atheists said as far as why they didn't uh, believe in God. And it made me realize that there's a lot of, um, what do you call it? A lot of times people are just repeating stuff they've heard before without really understanding what they're saying as a response to arguments, a response to critique. And uh, I think it was a reminder to everybody to, hey, be a little bit more aware of what you're saying exactly and don't be so quick just to shoot someone down when they bring up a, uh, an opposing opinion. Um, me, I'm not really into debating atheists or debating theists, but what I do enjoy is understanding better why people believe or don't believe. Um, I think that, I mean, there are evangelical atheists out there. They're trying to change everybody to, you know, to shed the religion. I am not one of those at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think if religion is, religion is serving you well and it's giving you peace and strength and purpose and fucking keep on following that path, keep on doing it. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, find something else, you know, but I, I'm a, at my peace. I was raised very religious. I'm at peace with my lack of religion now, but, um, I think a lot of atheists aren't yet. So they're, they're up there like debating fervently to kind of, they're, they're, they're arguing to like, cause they want to kind of clarify what they believe and why they believe it. Um, but yeah. I, I stopped doing that a while ago. Yeah. You know, I, I ended up getting to a point where it, it's a personal decision. You know, I, I can't make somebody else's decisions for them. Um, and I'm just going to do me, you know, I, it's hard enough to just live, you know, I can't be super concerned with, uh, random people. I'll probably only talk to once, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I would say I'm more on the, uh, agnostic side. Um, if I have to put a label to anything, um, I'm not thoroughly convinced that there is the existence of a uh, omnipotent deity, but uh, I mean, if something came down from the heavens that wasn't an alien and said, I am God, like it would be really hard for me to rationalize that and uh, be like, You'd oh, that, that's pay not for a little bit. You'd be like, you know what? I'm going to hear you out and listen to what you have to say, Supreme yeah. Being from those heavens. I'm, I'm just not going to quickly say, no, you don't exist. Yeah. Let's hear your spiel. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you start asking me for money, then I know the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's they're, I try to be more, pa- I just try to be patient with people and realize that the reason some atheists are, are debating or some theists are debating, it, it, it's, <laughs> atheists are debating because both atheists weren't raised atheistic and they've come to this atheism they're embracing now as a, as a new ideology from their old religion and they're debating people, kind of debating, them, debating themselves like, 
like trying to figure out why they believe or don't believe the way they do. And then theists, I think you have theists the same way. They start getting a little doubt in their head and they want to start debating these things they've heard from their, uh, their Amon or their pastor or their rabbi. And they want to see how they go in these rooms. Um, but uh, I'm trying to be uh, very patient. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a time where I'd be like, motherfucker, we've heard the same argument. You know, about, you know, atheists have no morality, no objective morality, like once a day, every day for the last three fucking weeks, get the fuck off the stage, <laughs> you know, and now I'm just yeah. like, chill out, like, oh, hey, he doesn't know yet, chill yeah. the fuck out, just mod, be quiet, let someone else deal with it, you know, uh, so I had to, I had to really come to terms, with, like the reason I'm on Clubhouse is to learn more about how to be more tolerant towards the people, how to be able to listen to other people, be able to relate to people better that aren't the same as me. Um, rather than trying to change everybody into being like me, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And it, that's a perfect platform to be able to do that on. Like, oh, yeah. it's just social audio. Uh, the, the one thing I've always hated about social media is that it's it's just like typed out words and pictures and little emojis that they, you know, program to be able to click on like it's some sort of a game or something, you know? It's Yeah, it's impersonal. Yeah. Like when I have to use my voice, there's a certain personal touch to it it's me speaking the words what i really liked is like i I left facebook i deleted my facebook account in february um but when i on facebook i have these debate groups i've been part of for like four or five years but like whatever you say thing is go to google google response google an answer control c control v and now they look they're smart they know what they're saying they'll say anyway i try to get over to clubhouse they won't debate they won't come over (laughs) they won't be able to copy paste shit they don't they don't know this stuff on their own they're a little google warrior you know they Google shit and then paste it. So it's been nice for like cutting through the bullshit too. Because you have to answer on your feet, like answer for your position on your feet. I think it forces you to strengthen your beliefs or to shut the fuck up about them. Oh yeah, <laughs> and realize that you may not be as certain as you thought you were, and kind of to help short things up, be more open minded. But yeah, Clubhouse has been great for me too. I'm using it to workshop a book I'm working on and be able to get feedback from people, like realizing, oh, this is a bullshit chapter and no one gives a fuck about this <laughs> keep this out and other stuff where it's like like i got huge rooms and it's growing and growing people want to talk more and more about this issue that i thought was just stupid was but probably was going to put it in and i, I realized it, it, it carries a lot of weight people to actually put this one in and i couldn't have done without clubhouse you can't do that on facebook you yeah. need like multiple voices that are interested in what you're doing to to tell you that it's quality so oh, yeah yeah i like it yeah it's it's been one of uh definitely one of my favorite uh social uh, i guess it's a social media i mean it it's a form of media uh it's it's social so yeah i guess social media um it's just so different and i know that like twitter has uh like twitter spaces or whatever now uh i know a lot of people have gone over there uh this one doesn't spotify have a platform like it too like some green rooms or uh, green room yeah yeah it it pretty much fell flat on its face like it was really big for a minute uh, they were uh, rewarding uh, the users of Green Room uh, with like some sort of like uh, like Spotify dollar or something. Like it didn't really have any value. It wasn't a crypto. It wasn't any for of attendance. These yeah, like basically credits for Spotify gear swag. Yeah, but music. they just took them away one day, and they <laughs> they like didn't do anything. So you got all these people like building up their stock of all this like fake currency and then all of a sudden they just disappear overnight and everyone's like screw spotify this did that? yeah spotify and those users then they deleted their spotify account and walked away yeah did they most stay i, mean, I bet you most of them stay man i mean i still have a spotify account but like fuck this fuck spotify what's some music now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go listen to joe rogan that's all humans we all do that man like fuck this company but God, the services are kind of nice. and changed my account. Be a lot of effort. I'll just stay. <laughs> and it's not that expensive. <laughs> We're so weak. <laughs> we all are. No, it's it's true. Honestly, being on Clubhouse though has kind of like made me realize that in a lot of aspects. You know, it's there's some extremely intelligent people out there with some really well thought out ideas that have spent the time to really you know focus inward. And uh, there, there's also on the other side of things just some ignorant just oh, i i don't even know what to so classify men on there they're yeah. like steak oil salesmen they, they have no credentials they're trying to sell you some bullshit book yeah it's just yeah it, it happens but uh i, I kind of feel like they become more apparent 
on Clubhouse than they would on Facebook. Yeah, it's easier to tell the bullshit for the people that are like way out of people that are way smarter than me are on are on Clubhouse. I love following, listening to them talk and stuff, but I got to get a dictionary at the source out when they're talking Google shit because yeah. I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and I, I studied philosophy in college, and I still have no idea what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> and so that's 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 nice. On Facebook, I I wouldn't know just a bunch of text. Yeah, I might not read it, but hear a voice that sounds, you know, they're they're sure of what they're saying. They're speaking with very few words. They're speaking laconically, no. um, not verbose at all. And you're like, that person knows the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And you're like, th- those people I love following, but they're, I mean, they're hard to find. There's probably, I probably got like a dozen, two dozen on the line that are really way above my, way above my pay grade as far as intelligence goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the ones that you have to deal with the ones that aren't, and there's are some that like, they consistently irritate me, but I intentionally don't block, don't mute. No. Cause it's really, it's not their fault. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's things about me. Like, says, like, really, you're the fuck out of me. And it's not, it's not you, it's me. And I know that. <laughs> so yeah. I'll keep around just a way of like, you know, this, you learn to be at peace with this person. Remember, you used to be like that. Now you're not, but you need to be at peace with it. Don't yeah. mute them. Don't boot them. <laughs> be kind to them. And sometimes I'm good at that. And sometimes I'm like, bro, I get the fuck out of my room and don't come back for like two days. Could be two days to get the fuck off my stage, please. You know, yeah. <laughs> they come back and they're. I'm like, <laughs> he's still sitting around, he's still hanging out with me. You try to put him on a two day t- uh, timeout. You know, give him some space. He's I teaching mean, you a lot. <laughs> that, that's nicer than some people though. Like, like there, there's been a, uh, a, uh, like uh, mass like reporting um, going on, like. People will be in a room somewhere. Somebody will say something super inflammatory, and somebody will take it wrong. They'll get upset, and then uh, whoever gets upset, them and all of their cronies will go along and just mass report somebody, so they end up getting banned. You know, it's one of the flaws of the uh, the platform, in my opinion, is just there's no really like review of things of how things happen. Well, there's supposed to be. If you, there's supposed to be that if you get reported. Um, for anything that has to do with harassment of speech, anything besides like fake name, they won't replay it for fake name. Um, they'll replay it. They'll listen to it. Supposedly, everybody gets a review for something like that. Supposedly, I don't know if there's enough for that. Um, but that's also just, I mean, especially in modding, you could potentially piss a lot of people off in a, in a oh, room yeah. for mine the wrong way and have a little a little troll crew that decides they don't like you and they want everybody to mass report you, and that does happen. But I mean, you yeah. could be you could be uh, you can worry about everything you say on the stage. And always be a little pensive and afraid, or you just realize that eventually you're gonna get your account <laughs> deleted yeah. and you start the fuck over. And if you don't like that, maybe delete your account now. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like it's gonna happen. Well, and just somebody will just open up a Google Voice account and just open up a new account anyway. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a new account, <laughs> but you lose all your followers. I mean, yeah. I, look, I, I've got a black badge already because he bluffed in it to me. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> for some people that look at my account, if they unfriend me and unfollow and follow me, they can see the black badge there. I have no notifications. No, no one's told me what that was for. I have no idea. I do know many, many people that have bought me, but generally it's like, uh, I'll say, I'll be money, I'll say something that, that they don't like. Or that, that I'll say like, hey, you need to be like, can you please like try to summarize your point in two, three more sentences for the room just, just so we can move to the next person. How the fuck are you to tell me? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, you're just being a little verbose. If you could just pare it down a little bit so we all can, can <laughs> focus on what you're saying, I'd appreciate it. Motherfucker, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, you grow a personality, bump in the black channels, and then they'll leave and, and block me. That's happened to two people. <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> so, like, uh, it's only two, though. I'm sure I've had a lot more than that. But generally, there are a lot of people that are kind of, you know, not real stable in that app, too, which is fine. I mean, yeah. whatever. I don't give a fuck. If I get deleted, I'll start a new account. I don't yeah, care. exactly. Me, too. Or I'll quit. Whatever. I don't know. Also, Clubhouse, pay us for this awesome ad that we're doing for your platform. <laughs> we love you. Please don't ban me. Exactly. I should state that I am legally changing my first name to Bishop. Hell yeah. <laughs> my, my real first name I never use. No one no. calls me that except the IRS and the Sheriff's Department. <laughs> I mean, my mom doesn't call me that. My ex doesn't call me that. No one in town calls me that. No, no. employer calls me that. No friends call me that. So I'm just going to change to Bishop. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, sheriff's department, IRS. Uh, if they didn't call you, but hey, is a uh, bishop there? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. In the past, they say my name. It's like, oh fuck, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know. Is he who, who's calling? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when you know uh, things are about to get real. <laughs> That's the nice way of having a, a, a first name you don't use. If you just go like your middle name or, or a nickname. Yeah. Is when people do call you by that name, you know they aren't your people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
So let's uh, break away from Clubhouse a little bit. Uh, we were d- discussing this uh, before we started recording. Uh, you you said that you've kind of removed yourself from like the political sphere um, w- without you know telling too much about you, like you're not here or anything. Uh, you said that you were a veteran, um, and you uh, oh what was it that you were raised Christian or raised religious, yeah. and then have uh, gone against that. Now you you've had a I, I don't know what yeah. you would call it—a change of heart or. I love uh, my church. I love the church. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I call it. Yep, I am. Um, I was raised in a far right leaning, almost fundamentalist Christian family. I was uh, homeschooled till like, age ten. Uh, my dad was a Baptist pastor. My mom got divorced. She married a Lutheran priest, Missouri Synod, which is like the conservative Lutheran. Uh, so it was a very conservative childhood. Um, I joined the army right after right after high school. Uh, I joined the infantry. It was that second ranger battalion before I got kicked out. Um, never went to combat though. I got out right before 9-11 and when I went to college for philosophy. There were a lot of philosophical questions that I couldn't, um, I didn't think atheists, atheists had an answer to like, what does it mean in life? Where does morality come from? Stuff like that. And then as I realized that it all kind of started to work without God, I just kind of like decided to leave my church. There were some problems with the morality my church taught. It just didn't seem, it seemed very narrow-minded to me. I didn't, I didn't respect it, so I had to I had to go. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I was very religious. I, I mean, I was praying to figure out what's the right thing to do, and I literally felt that God was leading me to go away from the church and find my own path. And the farther I got away from it, the more I realized it all works without him. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, live as an, I, I live as an atheist. I don't have a religion or a God, but I'm I'm hoping for an, uh, a judgment day. Yeah. I, I, love to, I love to meet God. I think it would be a, a cool meeting. A fun conversation to have with him. So I'm very pro God. I just live my life as if there isn't one. Uh, I lean a little bit satanic, I'd say at times in the in the new non yeah. the uh, new atheistic perspective. But um, I stopped watching the news back in February uh, completely. Like all my news alerts were turned off. News apps were deleted. <laughs> um, I deleted my weather apps. <laughs> I'll ask Siri what the weather is, but I don't I don't yeah. follow any of that stuff. No Twitter, Facebook's gone. The only thing I have is uh, Instagram. Um, everything else is gone. I, mean, I think Reddit, Reddit's been deleted. Everything's gone. Uh, and I just needed to like stop being distracted by shit that, that I didn't, I couldn't affect. Yeah. Uh, national politics. My little voice doesn't mean anything in national politics. So, you know, so I, I, uh, I spent time with my kids. I spent time with friends. I spent time at home. I, I don't watch TV. Uh, who Netflix? You know, I don't watch ads though either. I, I can't yeah. uh, deal with ads. So. You know, my, my, my YouTube account, <laughs> who account, they're all paid for with no ads, you know, all that yeah. shit. So I just uh, had to sequester myself because um, it's like this world will fight for your attention every fucking second. And you're so focused on the rest of the world, you, you can't focus on yourself or your family or kids, your health. Um, and I realized that the way I stopped following the news, stopped following politics, stopped following the weather, I had a lot of fucking free time left. A lot of time for Clubhouse, a lot of time for the gym. Uh, a lot of time for art, just time for doing like something like really felt like living. Um, I deleted Facebook because I was pissed off of that fucking app. I just was, uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, um, I'm not, I knew that my, my perception of the world was being controlled because I was on Facebook too much yep. and my feed was being controlled by AI and me and all my friends were seeing the exact same fucking stories. So I felt like yeah. I was in a big school of fish. You know, they show, it's like a bunch of streams. They show the one story and all of a sudden change the fish for the direction of a different story. And then the the story changes again. This fish changes directions again. And like I fight this little tiny fish in a big school. I was like, I don't, I, I bring no value to anyone being no. a little tiny fish in a big school. I really like here and be ignorant about what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, ignorant about Afghanistan, ignorant about how good of a job uh, Joe Biden's doing or what if Trump's running again. Like I have no fucking idea about any of that shit, and it's great. If I want to know anything, I can ask you. I can ask any friend. If I really no. want to know, I probably ask Siri too. But that shit I don't have to worry about anymore. And yeah. yeah, it's kind of fucked me on not following the weather and shit a couple times, but <laughs> I'll be good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right. I, I don't, I don't, I'm outside the political spectrum now. If it's local, local, like in town, local, uh, I'm, I'll probably get involved with something that I'm educated on and I understand what the intent is of the protests. Otherwise, I'm not getting yeah. involved anymore. Uh, I wasn't, I was in Portland for the BLM protests. Um, I, uh, I'm a criminal justice major. I work for police departments, which was seems really strange which way I lean political right now. But yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I believe in political. I believe in professional policing. Uh, pure enough. I believe that that uh, we have too many police that are not trained enough, yeah. and that we have a system that that they kill white and black kids 
If you took if you took every single non-white person the police have killed in the U.S. and you just have the white people over the entire population, black, blue, the other color, cops still in this country kill more people per capita than any other country in the fucking world. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're not fucking black, even if you're a racist piece of shit, you should still worry because they're killing white kids too. They're killing your kids too, and it's uh, fucked up that we have a culture like this. And it's not. Yeah. I don't necessarily blame the, blame the cops. I blame us. We, we've had we've had uh, bullshit <coughs> buddy cop movies for twenty fucking yeah. years. Just Dirty Harry. No. We love the cop that breaks the rules and and, and shoots the suspect. Starsky and, and steals drugs. <laughs> what the what the fuck is wrong with us? Like yeah. we love Billy the Kid. Like we we created the police department. We liked we Training wanted, Day. Really did Training Day is a perfect that example. same shit and all that stuff. We're like yeah, like we we idolize these people, these these rogue cops, you know. So yeah. like. It's not. It sucks. It needs to change. It has to change. And yeah. and I had a, 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 a police captain tell me when I was in college. Uh, I asked him about uh, would it ever, you ever, ever, do you ever think that the police in the U.S. will be like um, mandated? They were body cameras to record what's going on at all times, like for audio and video. And I asked him this back in 2002, and he told me the story. It happened here in a, a town of about 180,000 people. They got a big federal grant in the 70s to track all the police cars. They had these transponders that they put into a type of uh, phone poles, a million dollars, millions of dollars worth of infrastructure rolled out to put this thing in place. And it was a trial to see, it's about testing car, to cars for dispatch and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So what happened was the, the test ultimately failed because equipment costs, because replacement costs were so high. And certain officers, Repair transponder, costs, sort of kept thing. breaking every time his shift started or at some mm. point in his shift. Yeah. They kept breaking. So the police officers, the police culture does not like accountability. They want as little paperwork as possible for them to do the, the right thing. Now, yeah. The thought process is, you hire me to do the right job, trust me, I'll do the job. What we know is that one bad cop all of a sudden makes all those motherfuckers look, look corrupt because the system allowed him to do it. We start thinking, well, wait, how many other guys do this not getting caught as well? Right? We start thinking that. with Zero justification. Yeah. But that's where our brain goes. So it's like, I, I, the system is really fucked up right now. It's got to change. We we There are too many people killed by the cops, and the cops don't go to jail for it, no. too many. But this change is going to be slow and gradual. We want to be patient with it and realize that we need police officers. We're not saying get rid of all the fucking cops. We need someone to hold the order. We need, we need that. At the same time, we've got to make sure that the police officers aren't being violent towards people that don't deserve violence. You know, that's all. And, um, you know, after the protest, I was pretty upset because I saw the fault and I wasn't happy with it. But, you know, that's the way it goes. Like, the, yeah. the, the struggle for equality. We talked about this earlier. The struggle for justice. Yep. It's ongoing. It doesn't stop. You just, you, you fight what's right and realize that you may not win today, but maybe your kids or grandkids or yeah. great grandkids move the ball past the touchdown uh, line. That's what you want. Well, see, I, I try to be more understanding because obviously like I, I don't like watching a city burn, you know, uh, like regardless of whatever the reasoning. Um, but I understand the anger and the hostility. Like I get it. Um, I just think it's a very poor reaction. Um, it, it doesn't solve anything. Uh, I, definitely, there needs to be some police reform, uh, need to abolish, straight abolish qualified immunity. Um, yeah. No no knock warrants. Like These are yeah, some, of the, some of the biggest issues. Uh, need, need, to, uh, need to strengthen and... Uh, well, yeah, just to strengthen the uh, qualifications of what it would take to be a police officer. Um, yeah, I'm okay with like cutting headcount and increasing pay. If you want to cut yeah. the headcount at 50% and increase their pay by like 20, 30%, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm fine with making these positions be a position of like prestige, yeah. authority, and respect. But at the same time, realizing that like, like we need, I would like a, a citizen review board of every police shooting, every police killing, actually. If someone dies in, in, in your custody, you need to realize, great, there's going to be a citizen review of this. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. anytime you're handling this one, be careful. Be cautious. We're just done paying lawsuits out to families because you couldn't keep your your pro, your, your uh, suspect alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuckhead, keep him alive. Yeah, there, you know, there um, needs to be oversight in that. Um, if somebody – now, I am very pro-Second Amendment. You know, I, I come from the, the stance that uh, – any gun law and any gun law is uh, an infringement, you know, like I don't want any gun control period. Um, and I know that's uh, kind of radical for some people, but if somebody is carrying a gun around for their job, uh, due to it being a requirement possibly, 
Um, I would definitely like to know what that person is up to and uh, if they can be trusted with that sort of responsibility. There, there needs to be some sort of, oh, no, I lost you. I was going to say, they don't have qualified immunity. Yeah. So like, if you, that's the thing with someone that's private security. You're right. Like if they are involved in a shooting, guess what? They get their fucking asses sued. They lose everything. Yeah. And like the city of Chicago, when you have a, a city like, like Chicago that pays out like millions of dollars in lawsuits every year for police misconduct, how much would they love to save those millions of dollars to tell the cops, guess what? You're getting your own insurance. And you know what? The insurance companies would fucking love it too. Mm-hmm. It's more revenue for them. You know what I mean? But uh, police don't want to change. And that would cause a lot more oversight of law enforcement. It just would. Um, but I mean, we've gone step by step more and more oversight and I don't feel like any oversight so far in the last hundred years has been bad. I yeah. feel like it's helped us trust the police more, you know, and I, I am, I worked at a police department as a, as an intern for a while. And I had this, uh, I worked, uh, I worked a little over a thousand hours and every cop I worked with, I'd ask him, um, what percentage of your peers is unfit to carry a badge as a survey question. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Spicy. Yeah, the, the, the lowest number I heard was someone said 5 to 10%. I, I, I'm sorry, 10 to, 10 to 20% was the lowest I heard. A lot of people said 20%. Um, way more, too many people said a third. Like a fifth. So 10, even a 10%, that's bad. That's uh, a, a lot fifth, of people. That is bad. But a cop's idea of not fit doesn't mean they're going to they're gonna like necessarily commit some sort of violence on some suspect. It's like either they're too fat, too weak, too dumb, too violent. There's, too, there's something that makes them not quite qualified. But the thing is, if you're, I've never worked for a company where we thought that percentage of my peer group should not be here. No. So in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, cops are going to be more critical in some ways of their peers. People out to the department are going to be generally. No. Um, if you were to take an average person, you know, like a, a truly statistical sampling of an American, the statistical sampling of a police officer in America, they are going to be somewhat critical of the way officers do things. Because certain things they realize that was a dumb thing to say or that was a dumb thing to do or that's not SOP or that's dangerous, the citizen may not see. And this group of officers at that high rate tells me that, you know, our hiring practices or retention practices is, is a big place we need to focus on. But I'm sort of moved from that community now. Like, I, I, I left law enforcement for the private sector. I'm not, it's not even a thing for me anymore. It's just something that I feel very uh, strongly yeah. about. Um, and I, I, I have a lot of friends that are cops this day. I have some friends that are cops that shouldn't be cops, <laughs> you know. But most of my friends, all but one, honestly, they're all good guys. They're young. They're, they're more liberal than I am, too. Like, they're, I mean, they call themselves conservative, but they aren't they, they're concerned on gun control, maybe, and who they vote for, but all the rest of their issues, like they're pro-trans, pro-LGBTQ, even pro-BLM, honestly, but they consider themselves conservatives. So, I mean, this, the cops I see coming, I see a, a much smarter, more educated group than when my friends and my peers are going to law enforcement. That's a good thing. So, two questions for you. Uh, first, what, what do you think of the idea of uh, privatizing uh, the police force? Um, opening it up to competition, um, being able to choose multiple ones. If, if uh, one police force isn't serving the community well, the community can turn around, fire them, and hire somebody else. Yeah, entire departments, entire companies. That would give the public a lot of power. What are the potential drawbacks of that? Well, if you operate, operate an organization for profit as opposed to performance... There could be some issues there where you're going to try to do things to cut payroll, cut training. Yeah. Some of it could be stuff you don't need. It's superfluous, but you potentially could uh, hurt yourself as well. I like the amount of public control it have. I do. Um, like, I would really like to see um, citizen reviews of shootings or yeah. killings. And, and I mean, what I'd really like to see federal reviews. Anyone does in custody, the feds can investigate that death to make sure it's it's on top because no one wants the feds poking around the department. So don't kill anybody. Yeah. Um, I can't. I, I can't support that idea because I was. I was the way I was, uh, like trained or, or schooled or indoctrinated <laughs> was that it's kind of like that. That that silver, uh, the silver class in Plato's Republic, as far as it's that group that is there to serve and take care of the the bronze or brass, whatever yeah. it's called, the copper, whatever. And uh, so I, I really do like it. Like to my, in my mind, in some ways, it's not. It shouldn't be a business. It should be like serving your your people. Like the badge it of business be you need duty. public trust. It's yeah. public trust. They trust you to do the right thing. I feel like there's more there than like I'm here working for, you know, 
triple canopy yeah. or you know black water or whatever else yeah there's um, there's so, definitely some issues with it being uh based solely on profit or but you know if if it was just profit even still you would still have to provide a good service because otherwise the the citizens would be able to turn around and be like well we're you know we're not paying you much but here's well, the but thing imagine, you're providing imagine baltimore us- Imagine Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore. Okay, let's imagine a different city besides Baltimore. <laughs> that that the right, police yeah, department yeah. was unfairly critiqued by the citizens. Like there was a shitty that shows, looks shitty, but people that really know it. And once the the trial comes through, everything comes through. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good. Yeah. But the optics are horrible. For example, all the city wants to, wants everybody to resign. Like you'd say, a whole city wants to fire that corporation, and. Uh, you have the stability of the laws to make sure you can't just be fired or can't just be kicked out yeah, you just know? for no reason you have to be trialed first so I, I i i'd have to see more details of it but yeah. i feel like right now our current our current program current i'm sorry current policing uh, process needs over overhaul and that's it really does. hard to do in law enforcement they don't like it so i'm hopeful in small little things uh the whole immunity would be great if police officers could be sued or yeah. I mean, whatever and then the insurance their insurance rate goes up it's not like they'd be sued they're they have to have insurance for that, and their their rates potentially could go up. It could go up so high it was impossible for them to be a police officer. You know, the thing is, if there are multiple insurance companies uh, that are funding that or covering that for insurance, there's going to be competition. And just because one won't hire, doesn't mean none will hire. But if none will hire you, yeah, you shouldn't be a cop, or your your yeah. are so fucking high that you can't be a cop. You probably shouldn't be a cop. Maybe go yeah, exactly. Shit, you know, all these different um, departments yeah. being able to communicate with each other, saying, "Hey, we fired this guy for this reason, so uh, be on the lookout. Like he probably shouldn't work in your city." You know, yeah, they don't do that now. I wish yeah, they did, no. but they don't. Yeah. Well, and uh, there's even been a. Uh, Maybe it's just because it's been reported on more recently um, within the past few years, but there's it, it seems to be a at least an increase of awareness of like I, idealistic police officers who go in for the right reasons. They see one of their uh, their peers acting immorally, and then they bring it to uh, you know the attention of superiors, and then the person who rats gets fired and then the corrupt cops stay in like that's a major issue and then it's kind of like what you said earlier it's it's not necessarily the police officers the 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 beat cops or whatever uh it's usually the police's boss it's the higher-ups it's always that top-down system and uh when you're at that bottom echelon you know what are you gonna do like lose your job or yeah you know, th- you have to. You quit and go someplace else, and yeah. cops do that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's. I, I'm glad to hear somebody so rational. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to have you on was just because, like, I at least the way that I view it, it's always yes, there are race issues in this country, but race doesn't matter to me. And so all I see when police attack white, black, yellow, whatever, like it's just a fellow citizen to me. It doesn't matter what color they are, like numbers, statistics, it's still the police coming in and fucking us up. So have you looked at the reported statistic, statistical breakdown for ethnicity of uh, police killings in this country versus the number two most killings Mm -hmm. of any country, which is Canada? Mm hmm. are the way that our uh, ethnic groups, the ratio, I think it's like our ethnic groups are 2.2 or 2.5% more likely to be murdered than they should be based on their, uh, what percentage of the population they make up. Like it's, it's like the Hispanic, uh, Asian and black, like the size is bigger. The Asian thing wasn't Asian, it was Hispanic and black. And then if you go to Canada and look at their killing rate up there, to their population, it's the exact same over over performance. So yeah. up there, black also getting killed more often. So this supposedly non-racist country, people say, is has the same problems we do. But you know what I think it is? And this is super. This is a uh, hopefully no one else hears this pro- uh, podcast for you, me, and your one listener. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I, here's what I here's what I think it is. Um, I'm gonna admit this right now. Uh, the last time I was walking down a street and a black man walking towards me and no one else out there, my heart rate got up a little bit and it got up a little more when I realized he was black. It just did. It wasn't choice. It was subconscious, right? So I told this to a room in Clubhouse. 
And I said, honestly, Cena. Well, the thing it was a small stage, though, small stage. Oh, okay. And I think I was one of two black, white people on the stage. It was mostly black people, um, but uh, that's I had still a fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> well, I was being honest. I wasn't like saying. Like, I was being honest. I'm like my yeah. my heart rate goes up. I know nothing's wrong there, but I'm getting my heart rate's going up. What the fuck's wrong with me? Like I, I can't help it. When it's white, it's like oh. Whew. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm more calm. And uh, to the black guys on the stage, I'm the exact same thing. I said, I'm too. I'm more nervous to see a black man walking past me than a white man walking towards me in the street. Now that's that's just two. That means nothing. But what I do know is watching movies went back in the '90s before the villains were generally dark skinned. Uh, the bad guys almost there's a little henchmen almost always were. No, uh, black and brown. Those were the bad guys. Those are the cartel people. Those are the gangs in in uh, in uh, um, the U.S. You know, like that's who we were shown. I mean, maybe the you know, Goodfellas movies and stuff, but, but it was it was all yeah. It was always it was always dark skinned people. It's like we we're, and I don't care. You can you can uh, say well we don't we aren't going to be imprinted by that. But all those movies I watched for all those years, the bad guys are black. The bad guys are black. The bad guys. But all of a sudden, like it's it's reinforced in me. And I think one reason that when a black person is killed as a white person, and people in this country are more like, oh, it's it's okay, it's a it's a white person. They they, they know that fear too. They're like, oh, he obviously was frightened for his life. That kid had a got a had a Cap gun in his hand. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't know. I mean, it's a scary kid. Yeah. I'm not sure why. It's just scary. I really think that there's something in our head that has made us more afraid of uh, black people. And some of these old movies I watch, even it's like your your main characters are white. You surround them with colored people to show how how open minded they are. But still, the heroes are the white people. Yeah. <laughs> like that that and they they um. I know, like in the Jedi movie, like some people bissed off, like oh, this Jedi movie is all like, United colors of Benetton ad. It's all different colors, but like. You've got to tell kids that just because you're black doesn't mean you're the bad guy all the time, right? Yeah. You, you have to reinforce their head that like, sometimes you're the good guy. I don't care the, you know, the fuck you care about Hollywood and shit. We have had a past of very much whitewashed movies. Those movies were made for me and people with your skin color yeah. primarily. We were the ones those movies were made for. And all the other colored kids kind of watched like, yeah, it's a movie about white people doing awesome things. Great, you know? the black I, I never, dies I never, at the first of the horror movie. <laughs> I never knew this until yeah. I started watching movies that have this stuff like Black Panther. I'm like, I'm no. like, man, this movie's like all black people except for those white people. Either one's a bad guy and one's a, a fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying now. Like, you know, like, yeah, just I didn't. Hold I didn't on, let see me take off movie. my rose-colored glasses. Yeah, I didn't know that existed in our country. Like, really, no, until I saw Black Panther. No idea. So, like, so, so let me ask you how much how much of that do you think is on purpose? Like, some sort of like social engineering? Because obviously, not oh, for all of Hollywood. It. Well, yeah, I mean, I obviously that, uh, not all I of think. it, but there think, is some yeah. very deliberate that seems very intentionally. Uh, uh, intentionally divisive someone definitely made choices they made choices with casting you can't just accidentally cast all a bunch of white people like that's intent yeah um but if they're intending to make a message by that i'm not sure are they trying to just take care of their their semi-colored friends to hire are they trying to make something that the audience will want to watch what the audience expects i mean yeah i mean there was a time when if you put a movie like black panther out people would call it a black movie and the white people wouldn't go see it yeah you know, so I mean, I feel like movies are gonna do what they gotta do to put asses in seats. So I don't think they really care. I mean, they need to be li- they need to be more liberal learning because you know what? If you aren't liberal learning, you're not gonna put you're not gonna put. I'm sorry, liberal leaning. You won't put asses in seats. So you need to some way align with the culture, like see where they're going. If this if the culture is leaning LGBTQ friendly, guess what? So are you because you're here to make money. Yeah. So I don't really think anything was 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 uh, intended as far as people trying to do social engineering. I think that we're just all especially as white folk, uh, kind of dumb sometimes. They don't realize what we don't know because it's so constant. We don't have to deal with it. Star yeah. Trek's all white people pretty much, you know, and <laughs> next generation, almost all white people. Like some of my shows growing up were all white, almost all white people. Dukes has yeah. all white people. Why? They're living in the South. You know? Well, that's, <laughs> that's why like things like the Cosby show and the Jeffersons were such a big yeah. deal, you know, it seems so great. But you know what? They weren't. They were white families with black skin. Yeah. Well, at least Kasi was. Like they were living in middle class. Like we, they were, everything they did there was relatable. The artists they went to. Well, like, I, like, I will push back on Cosby, excluding his, you know, his sins. You know, whatever. That, oh, man, uh, I mean, I'm at the show, not, yeah. not Bill. Yeah. So yeah. The, the the show itself. I mean, I I heard it explained to me that it it showed um, a black family just being them. Like it it wasn't. Uh, it it didn't have a message of uh, like a black family living in the ghetto, 
or uh, a black family facing stereotypes because a, lo- yep. a lot of TV is dramatized. You know, a lot of movies are dramatized. It's exaggerated. Um, not to say that there's no truth in these things, but it, it is exaggerated. It's it art. It has to be entertaining. You know? Yeah. So it has to be entertaining. It's a draw crowd. Yeah. So it, like one reason why the Cosby show was such a big hit is that it, uh, Oh God, I, I, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase it, but it was just, uh, it welcomed a large white audience to just a normal black family, you know, same with fresh Prince, you know, I thought fresh Prince was a little blacker. Cosby was. was a little bit white. And I hate saying that because it, like, it only makes sense, but I feel like Cosby was easier for us to easier for us to watch and enjoy because it didn't make us uncomfortable. Yeah. His likes and interests aligned with ours so much. It just for that show, the character in that show, it, it felt like it felt like neighborhood was good because it normalized black like the, the black uh black I don't know what you call it um, presence. I think yeah. to some people. I think maybe, maybe it did to me because I wasn't around a lot by who, but I saw him on, on TV shows. Friends Prince was definitely lean more, embraced more of the R and B and hip hop. Where you know, Bill Cosby was all about jazz. You know, just it, it was a interesting dichotomy. Well, and like and you he's, have like the he's Bernie a doctor. Mac show. Uh, his wife's uh, a lawyer, I believe. Whatever. Yeah, they're both upper middle class to yeah. so lower upper class. I like the Bernie Mac show. I think that was, I thought that show was very uh, honest. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed Bernie Mac a lot. I, I liked Bernie Mac. I had a hard time with this show. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a hard time with this show uh, sometimes just because it was, uh, I don't know. I loved his stand-up, but his show just seemed uh, kind of removed from that. Like somebody he else had a was white in... To- he had a white token friend. He didn't at least... Yeah. Didn't, didn't align <laughs> with his white token friend. Yeah. Well, it was it was because it it seemed like it wasn't all his creativity, you know, like some, somebody else was uh, writing some jokes because like you watch his stand up and it was just so genuine and yeah, just like Bernie Mac show seemed a little more censored, a little, yeah. a little clean, definitely cleaner. It had to be. Um, I like I don't know I, I I really fell in love with Bernie Mac like as a character. He was very uh, I don't know he, he was very admirable. Honorable, honest, though. Yeah, you know he he struggled. A great TV fell dad. Sometimes. Great TV dad. He, yeah, oh yeah. He, he he messed up, but he come back and apologized eventually. Yeah, he was very stubborn though. He showed how <laughs> he was open. I I, I liked that he wrote him as like a, you know, a flawed person, but a really yeah. cool character. Yeah, I was really sad when that Bernie Mac died. I thought he was a great comedian. So do do you think like overall um, that race relations are like uh, heading in a better or worse direction? Um, for me personally, better. <laughs> internationally i don't know yeah um i know that i mean i yeah, don't care about other countries i care about it. no i'm just <laughs> yeah but i mean i, I it's I'm it's hard because kidding. it's all it's all in, it's all in video now yeah i mean is it can we say that relations are better than the 50s than they are today i, I mean i hope not i mean 60s, i mean it seems it seems more violent than what we're seeing but i feel like a lot of that's media I think yeah a lot of i feel way forced. more connected with with uh, non-white, my non-white friends that I did previously, and really a lot of it was just a lot of it's been clubhouse, a lot of it's been clubhouse yeah. actually, and BLM shit. I, I live mostly a white town, and I have a friend that's black, and I never realized, but like people make a lot of comments about his athleticism, a lot. <laughs> they make, like, and I didn't. I mean, like he he was like, yeah, thanks, yeah, you know, you know. Uh, no, I don't play basketball. Good jeans and shit. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. I never noticed how often it is. Like you have to go around literally hearing the clip about 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 your ethnicity, little quips, like, every day. So every day you get a reminder that you don't quite belong here. You don't quite belong here. Well, and we can all be like your like buddy and friends. tall people or uh, anybody that, that is uh, outside the norm that looks a little bit different. If you're, foreign, if you're eight foot tall, yes, same fucking thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to hear it every day. Um, and uh, there's another stuff that I've heard in town that was just blatantly racist that was said to him. It was on Facebook, actually. It was a comment. But we know the person. And I was like, dude, why didn't you fucking like rail on that guy? He goes, man, that guy lives three doors down from me. I mean, he's my neighbor. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that just sucks. You got you have to put up with that stuff. He goes, yeah, it's just the way it is. But you're whack. I'm like, what? <laughs> what it is? Like, yeah, bro. It, yeah. It happens. But I mean, he lives in a town where it's you know ninety five percent. There's like five black families in this town. There's twelve thousand people here. Twelve, yeah, thirteen thousand people here. Yeah. So, uh, it's a small town. Um. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's. I think for me personally, getting better. I have I I have friends that seem to be 
doing better healing from stuff they go through as a child in their childhood. But you know, I'm I'm white, so I yeah. I'm also oblivious to most of it. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, pretty mixed. You know, I'm a standard American. I'm a mutt. You know, um, got large portion of native. A uh, large portion of Irish. I got the Irish skin. <laughs> that, that's so, good. You could play them on everything then. Yeah, a l- little bit. You know, if I if I really wanted to play the oppression card, I could go, uh, you know, Irish this, Native American that, you know, that sort of thing. From, from my perspective, it seems like the things that are getting better are definitely getting better. Um, what are those? I would say... I have seen, uh, I'll just use Clubhouse because it's, you know, kind of a good example. I have seen more, more white people come into black spaces and be not only open to the idea that they might be wrong, but come in, uh, such as you said earlier about the, you know, walk past a black guy and your heart races a little bit and you're like, what the hell's going on there? Like... Um, I have seen more of that happen, um, in both directions than I think I ever have my entire life. Um, I, for me, probably. I do think that there is a, a, a small minority though, that on both sides are becoming very, very radicalized. Um, I've been in a few clubhouse rooms where I was the only white person. Uh, I didn't speak. But it was a whole lot of very racist things. So, um, but it's the, that, that tiny mi- uh, minority is the loudest. So I think that's why things seem to be uh, digressing, in my opinion. I agree with you. I have to agree with you. Um, I see the same thing. My experience at Clubhouse, when I first came in, I just, I, I went to some room where it was, my friend that invited me to the, to the, uh, the club, I went into the room he was in. And he left as soon as, I, as soon as I got in there. I didn't know how to leave the room. I just <laughs> stayed there. It was, it was, it was a primarily black social room. I, mean, I saw the people who were in that room the first year I went there. And I just kind of made friends with people, talking about uh, just stuff that I was involved in, my views on racism and politics and stuff like that, which did not align with the, with the room, but um, we made some common ground. And what I realized, hanging out that group was um, – we have so much in common. We've talked about, we talked about the same trauma for our parents. We all have the same kind of parents dealing with the same <laughs> shit with our kids. Like yeah. it, the color of their skin and the way that they spoke was the only thing different. They were exactly like any other group of my same socioeconomic uh, uh, slice of, of uh, America. Yeah. But then I've gotten to some other rooms where I had like, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they were money, but conservative white people, conservative black people as well. That were talking about bootstrapping, you know, and like uh, just you know they need to just pull themselves up and, and work almost, almost and like they're shit. reading from a teleprompter. Well, it ways. I mean, I I have seen racism. I have seen racism in my time. I've yeah. seen kids that were abused because of their skin, their skin color yeah, by adults, too. and so like I know it exists. Um, you know, so you have you have to realize that. Even though we're all going through stuff, it's worse being a certain color skin in this country. Your chance of getting beaten up, killed, harassed is much higher with certain colored skin. So, be compassionate towards those people. Yeah. I realize, I realize they're the same as fucking me. They, they listen to almost the same music I listen to too. I mean, not all of them, but most of them do. So, like um, realizing that I had more in common with them because of our socioeconomic level than I do with white people that like own a Tesla and have three houses yeah. was a huge eye opener for me. We we eat the same meals. We we just do the we do the exact same shit yeah. that poor, rich people don't do, no matter what the skin color is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I, I still like I, I had to stop hanging out with that group as much because they're all Christians, and I started <laughs> to get a little uh, a little notori- notoriety for my perspectives. Um, but I still invite them in rooms, talk to them once in a while. They're they're really good people, and uh, they uh, opened my eyes to a lot of problems I didn't know existed. Yeah, yeah, I can agree. Uh, it's. It's been interesting. Like I said, I've seen the polar opposites. Uh, one of the reasons I've stuck with Clubhouse, like every once in a while, I'll take a break. You know, I'll take a week off if things get super heavy. Um, you know, maybe a day or two or whatever. But sometimes you get in a conversation and you're up all night. You know, but oh really? Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, easily. <laughs> eighteen hours, like mm-hmm. eighteen hours straight on yeah. a clubhouse. You're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. I just you're can't lazy, let bro. it go. That's why you're lazy. You need to talk to people because <laughs> you, you're locked in your house with COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an interesting window, uh, in my opinion, into a lot of uh, current issues because I, I mean, there's oddly enough, very I, I would say few Hispanic people. Um, it seems, I mean, obviously I have on clubhouse. Oh yeah. You're right. I didn't notice that. I didn't realize it just now. Yeah, inter- At least not from interesting, like the right? US Hispanic. Yeah. And, and a lot of them aren't, uh, based in us or at least they aren't currently like they, they might've been born us citizens, but they're usually living abroad or they, uh, went back to the country. What is that? I don't know. I have no idea. It it is mainly a uh, white and black platform. It is uh, statistically. And I Middle would Eastern. say. Middle Eastern. Yeah, Middle and Eastern. Eastern and Egyptian and or not Egyptian. Sorry, um, Indian. Indian and African too. Yeah, Europe's, Indian clubhouse. Yours are too. A lot of Europeans too, but yeah, South America. No, no, no one from Mexico. I don't. I haven't talked to a single uh, Latina or Latino from the U.S. Yeah, not yet. I mean, maybe one. You know. Like, but yeah, it's a really interesting, but it's been a interesting window into, uh, even, you know, some of those, uh, terribly racist rooms, you know, if I turned around and said the same things and, you know, if the races were reversed in those comments, then it would be, uh, all over the news. Um, but even being in that, like it, it was still eye opening to me and I did learn something from it. Um, Definitely didn't want to be around or associated with people like that, uh, regardless of what color they are. Uh, ignorant ideas or ignorant ideas, regardless. Um, I like the Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> I've I've had and good conversations with some. Me too. With some. So Nation of Islam. Uh, I have friends in the Nation of Islam. My first time on the stage, I invited up by uh, one of my friends, and on stage, I called a, I a white devil once or twice before they introduced <laughs> me. Because I, I was going to talk, and they were like, we don't listen to you talk. And he's like, booting the audience, listening to my guests, let him talk. Um, yeah, the the Hebrew Israelites have been booed out of those, those rooms a couple times, too. But I made friends in there. Like there are pe- It's like not all ide- – ideologies aren't crazy. No. People are crazy. And sometimes an ideology has people that actually ha- holds on to it for good rational reasons. Yeah. And to find that person, it kind of helps you understand what the real foundation of this of a movement is. Um, I, the Nation of Islam was very, very interesting. I, I didn't realize – some of their struggles, like listening to Muslims from outside the U.S. come in and call them, a, you know, a false religion. Um, I've heard people attack Catholicism as being a false, false Christianity. Um, I've heard the the Sunnis and Shias going at it in rooms, debating about, you know, who's the most Muslimly Muslim. Um, <laughs> and then we hear in Christians all the time. We hear yeah. the Mormon Church getting called, getting called uh, uh, apostles or what, heretics and shit. And I mean, it's interesting that even with an every yeah. atheist, shit, even atheists, we have. We have internal fights over things like uh, free will and objective versus subjective morality and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. It's really violent. But with the atheist group, you have evangelical atheists that really think we need to convert people. And then people like myself that don't give a shit, whatever yeah, else just thinks, doesn't live. care to change anyone. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's been eye-opening because I didn't realize, I, mean, I guess it makes sense that every human group has a little schisms in, in, in the middle oh, of yeah. it. But I didn't realize how ubiquitous it was. Like every group, even even the the uh, the colorists within the the black community, people have darker skin that want to be that be a, considered a bigger victim. Yeah. Um. I had never been exposed to that stuff until Clubhouse. I had no idea these dichotomies existed. So uh, it's been very educational to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I so so I can say the one thing that I have grown to really dislike, and it's always bothered me, but it. It bothers me now just because I'm faced with it more often because of these platforms like Clubhouse. But it's the the comment, uh, and the, I've heard this come from even white people, but black people, brown people, all colors of people will say, those damn white people. And it's like, <laughs> it's like I, I get it, but if I turned around and said that about black people, like that would not be okay. And I just don't like that double standard or that double think it's like, okay, you you can claim like those specific shitty white people that have really terrible ideas. Yeah. Get very specific because I'm not them. So don't group me with them. 
So that that's the one thing I've really been bothered by. But I mean, I, I don't bitch about it. <laughs> I get what you mean, man. You know yeah. Be, I mean, I don't think it's well. Okay, some people say it do mean it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm just like yeah. <laughs> Fucking white people. Like I don't. I say that quite often. Actually, oh, I do too. Day. Actually, like, but that's like, I live around all white people. It's all I all I have to yell at. You know, they're <laughs> exactly as white as me. What the yeah. fuck am I do? Um, but uh, I mean, I you know, the thing is this though. Like, look, uh, there was a time when being black after dark could get you lynched. Yeah, uh, I don't know of any time in the U.S. like that for white people. So it's been in a lot of ways. We've kind of had okay. So if you want to say fuck whitey, what you looking at me? All right, man. Well, cool. we we've had it okay, <laughs> just out of pure numbers. You know, like <laughs> just just out of being the sheer majority statistically. You know, if you if you uh, if if I have banks to deny my loans over and over that look the same skin color as me, I'm not gonna say fucking white people. I say fucking banks, right? Yeah. But if you're a black family and every time you go someplace and see white people and they they're being dick to you, what are you gonna say? Fucking white people. Yeah. You know, even if it's not them, if, you know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah, it's what's happened. It's what you see. It's what you think. Fine. If yeah. you're so mad at people, you're mad at white people because of the stuff they did do the past. Great. Be mad. Whatever. I'm not going to change that. The thing is, oh, though, I eventually, agree. we all got to figure out a solution. We need to figure out like how we're going to make it better, and that's going to have us like stop talking about fault and start focusing on responsibility. And whose responsibility is to move the ball? Yeah. I don't think we're there yet. I think that the whole fault thing, we that needs to be processed still as a country. Like maybe some apologies need to be had by some people. I don't know. We're yeah. still there though. But eventually, got to move on. So like finding out like who's responsible, how are we gonna fix this? Yeah. You know, and I, I came up with some big ideas as far as racial equality and helping out uh, minority groups in my country and I just realized that I'm just one person and this country's yeah. not ready for that stuff yet. But it always starts with one person. That's the thing. Like no no person is too small. And that's one thing I've I've really learned is that just just in general is what that I've learned that is that lead by example, you know just be the change you want to see like it's so cliche but it's true well it's not cliche i mean people don't understand what it really means they think like oh well if everybody was the change they wanted to see in this world the way get things done that's not what he meant what he meant was you only control you yeah so fuck the rest of the world if it needs to happen you be that change in your world yeah and once you are doing it it doesn't matter what everybody else does you have solved the problems make your life be the uh you know the, the the one everyone wants to follow. Like make your make your life be the example. Don't don't speak about it. Hey, come on, guys, we need to go do this. Fuck that. Just go do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You'll watch, watch. Oh shit. Well, he's actually living it. We'll go follow him. People don't. People follow people they're doing. They don't follow people they're, they're talking. So if you want to like really make change this world, you're right. You're just one person. So fucking what? Go do it. Yeah. Nobody follows you. So fucking what? You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just go fucking live the life you need to live. If people follow it, great. Yeah. If they don't, fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I was always of the opinion, you know, it's like, I love being able to tell people I told you so. So it's like, there might be a group of people that are doing a bunch of shitty things, but I'm the only person doing the great thing. And then those people end up, you know, receiving the consequences of uh, making shitty choices. And then I was just doing what I should have been doing for myself the whole time. And I get to turn around and be like, I told you so, you know, like I'm not hey, trying to tell you comfort, how to live, but you know, if that brings you comfort, say, I told you so I want that for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try not to rub it in depending on who it is, but sometimes I it's really so hard. like the day. It's hard though. It's hard being so right when everyone is so fucking wrong all the time. It is. I'm a libertarian. Like you want to rub it in their face a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Well, what, what do you say we wrap it up? It's been a great conversation. And, uh, has it? <laughs> I, I would say it has been. <laughs> I don't have fun with you, bro. No, it has been. Uh, no, I'm glad you had me over here. I uh, really like just listening to myself talk. So this has been very relaxing for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. So. I would like yeah. to get you back on. And uh, we can dive into some philosophy because, honestly, that's one of my favorite things. We, we could dive into... Uh, Existentialism? Oh, yeah. Maybe some nominalism? Yeah, of huh? course. The, the cynics, the Stoics, yeah, let's jump in. Stoicism, right here. So, you know, oh, I, you know, I can talk shit about Stoics for an hour easily. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back on then. It was a great conversation. Cool. Jake, hey, I appreciate letting me on the, on the show. I look yeah, forward of course. To hearing this when it's out, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on Clubhouse. Oh yeah, uh, do you, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, or just come find you on Clubhouse? Yeah, if I'm at a clubhouse, look for uh, Bishop Brash, B-I-S-H-O-P. 
My middle name is Yarrow, J-A-R-O, Brash, B-R-A-S-H. Or just Bishop, you'll find me. And uh, coming out, we talk about, what, atheism, theism, agnosticism, Santaism, Satanism. <laughs> we have all kinds of isms we talk about in this, uh, that app. It's a great app. Come join us. Yeah, indeed. And uh, you can find me over there, just Jacob Johnson. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I will call that a wrap. Uh, don't forget to go to risetoliberty.com. Uh, risetoliberty.com slash blue dress for that uh, uh, special piece of merch so we can uh, get some money over to uh, help some kids. So uh, on that note, once again, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on.